we're in this place right now where Catherine and I are just like so excited about the creativity of creating formulas and structures that whether it's a graduation party, a birthday party, a retirement party, an anniversary, we can go in and be like, this is the formula, this is the structure, these are just the variables that need to change throughout the way. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Kareen Walsh, serial entrepreneur, growth strategist, executive leadership coach, and best-selling author. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you align what you love with what you do in order to build that badass life and business you dream of. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of your Badass Journey podcast. Today is all about bringing you joy. I have two amazing founders, Alana Bulos and Catherine Wilkinson. The two of them have, in the pandemic, launched a new startup called Camp Joy. You want to find them, go to campjoylovesyou.com. The reason why I am bringing them to you today and sharing their journey with you is that this is what happens when creative people are literally halted in their career, both coming up through theater and um, entertainment and event planning, having amazing backgrounds and success in that arena. That business, as you know, due to the pandemic this year in 2020, went to a screeching halt. But both of them also in the prime of their careers, realizing that they have amazing skill sets that can be applied in a whole new arena for people to benefit and have joy brought into their life every single day is what they launched with Camp Joy. So on today's episode, you're going to hear their journey. They also ask amazing questions around how to build self-worth in becoming entrepreneurs. And I know you're going to have amazing takeaways. So as you're listening, please do not hesitate to snap a picture of the episode, post it on the socials, Tag us in it. You can find them at Camp Joy Loves You on Instagram and me, of course, at Kareen Z Walsh or at Your Badass Journey in, on Insta and let us know that you're listening. As you have questions, do not hesitate to ask them so we can respond to you and help support you on your journey. But now let's jump into today's conversation. Welcome, Alana and Catherine. Thanks for being with me today. Hi. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Uh, What I love about our conversations is truly the pure joy you guys bring to me. And I know (laughs) know that it's uh, kind of creates a contagion of joy (laughs) after we have time together both ways. Like I love the reciprocity we have as you've been building out your new business together and also... Um, allowing me to be an advisor in it is just so much fun because I love helping new entrepreneurs really make sure they're saving time and money as they launch their vision. But before we jump into all things Camp Joy, I would love for each of you to share a bit about um, your background and what has happened due to the pandemic in your alternate career lives and then what made you decide to launch this business together. So why, um, Alana, why don't you go first? 
Yeah, for sure. So um, I've been working in theater since I was, uh, you know, right out of college. I got a job in not-for-profit theater, and I figured that this was the track. I wanted to be a producer and a casting director. And so that is exactly what I was doing. Spent a lot of years in Chicago producing theater. And then it got to the point where I wanted to strengthen my resources and be a smarter businesswoman. So I went to or I applied to Columbia University. And that's where Catherine and I connected and formed this incredible bond. But yeah, over the last three years I've been I just graduated uh last week, which is super exciting. Congratulations. But, um, yes. 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 Yeah. She's a master. Yeah. Love it. We, we, we are masters, Catherine and I. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the last three years were spent, you know, working in theater in, in New York and trying to figure out, like, do I want to do commercial theater? Do I want to do not for profit theater? What is the plan? And to be completely honest, over the last like year of my education, something was not clicking. Something in me was saying, like, okay, I've been doing theater for a really long time, but the plays weren't what was exciting me. The art wasn't what was exciting me. It was the idea of bringing people together in a room and having them share space and being a party host. Mm. And so, which is why Camp Joy for me makes complete sense. So many people in my life are like, oh my gosh, of course you launched a company where the main purpose is putting people in a room together to share space. Yes, it's virtual, but it's still the same concepts that I was having for what I wanted my theater career to be, which is like make space for people and have them bond together and be the ultimate party host. So yeah, that's kind of you know, a part of the Camp Joy um, theory for me of like why it's so exciting to me. Uh, it's really, really upsetting that our field of theater is, you know, non-existent right now. Catherine and I have weekly conversations about how do people make theater on Zoom? How do we make theater for people during COVID. I mean, at the beginning of this, I had this brilliant idea of a drive-through theater that Catherine was not about. And I keep <laughs> trying to like pitch, I keep trying to pitch it to her, but she's like not into it whatsoever. But I was like, it'll be perfect. Everybody will like drive through and you'll set your radio and it'll be, it'll be like an experience. But anyway, that's another story for another time. And, um, but we kept coming against this wall of like, okay, theater is not, producing right now. It's not happening. It's not making me excited at all. When people send me like their stage readings on Zoom, I'm like, hey, I'll throw you five bucks. But like, that's not how I want to be spending my time with a screen. So, you know, there's a lot of desperation and there's a lot of confusion about what the future of theater is. And that kind of led to me pivoting into being an entrepreneur and not abandoning theater, but taking a pause from it right now and applying the skills that I learned at Columbia to this company, which has been really fulfilling and really like, I'm filled with a lot of pride that the education I received there is actually helping me launch an <laughs> LLC. And like, I know how to read contracts and do budgets and have negotiations. And like, when I read a document, I'm not scared the way I was in 2016 before my education, I feel like, oh, wow, I can do this. That's great. Yeah, it's pretty exciting, but that's me. That's awesome, Alana. Thanks for giving us your background. How about you, Catherine? What what was your journey to 
basically, I guess, coming into this year and deciding to launch um, Camp Joy with Alana. Yeah. Well, I am also a theater creature. I've been, you know, so many of us in the industry have been doing it forever. And I started as an actor and then I realized that I'm super duper bossy and I have so many opinions and ideas about things. And that naturally led me to, you know, I just was like, I was like, why am I not paying attention? Why am I not in charge of everything right now? Yeah. Um, so, so I moved towards directing in my early twenties and, you know, I, I, I never really found my place inside of theater because I similarly to Alana was always really interested in the anthropology of performance. I was always really interested in like, why do people want to get together? Why do we have rituals? What is fascinating and important about sharing space with one another? Um, and ha- and sometimes a play is a vehicle for that. Sometimes a drive-through is a, <laughs> is a vehicle for that. <laughs> you know, like there's so many different ways that we can gather. And so I've always been a little bit like, oh, theater, you know, like it's a great thing, but it's a vehicle for people. It's a vehicle for meaning making. And, you know, I, I, I lived in Austin, Texas before I moved to New York. I ran my own theater company. I like really was like, I'm going to do theater. And it's sort of, I think, you know, I really resonate with what Alana was saying about feeling like something wasn't totally clicking. And at the same time that I was running this theater company and grinding, um, my day job was working for this software company based out of Australia. I had lived in Australia in a previous life too and worked for a theater company there. And I had also had this job as like a business coordinator and content maker for this software company. And my job was to bring together huge numbers of our clients and our potential clients spread out all across the South Pacific Islands. Um, the, the company was in Papua New Guinea. It was in Fiji. It was in like all these different South Pacific Islands. And my job was to like make sure that these business folks were having a nice time. They were getting a little stretch in their day emotionally and physically and that they were primed for their training and their work. And I loved it because they were like, oh my God, God, you want to do a breathing exercise? This is wild. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh my gosh, you want to you want to engage me as a person as and as not just an employee of this company and I saw them really shifting and changing in response to the curriculum and content I was giving them. And I, I, I left Austin, I left that job. I went to Columbia for my MFA in directing. I wanted to work with my mentor there. And I think, you know, throughout the whole experience, and Alana worked on a show with me there where I had 60 women on stage. Um, it was this massive production, but it was all about like, what does it mean to like, what is the heat of community? What is the heat of making together? And how do we translate that into something that's meaningful for both the people on stage and the people off? And after grad school, I got really caught up in the like director hustle, which is, you know, you're barely at home, you're in a lot of random cities, you're directing a lot of new plays, you never see the people you love. <laughs> and it was really, really, I just was having a really hard time being able to balance the things I loved about theater and this like, you know, am- ambition that both Alana and I have. And when the pandemic hit, all of my work, you know, I'd, I'd work directing work lined up for about two years. All of it got postponed indefinitely. Mm. And it was really terrifying. 
And it was also a moment where I, where I was, I felt this strange sense of relief. I was like, oh my God, I don't mm. have to, you know, just keep rushing and hustling and not paying attention so much to if I was enjoying the experience. And I kept thinking like, wow, what does it mean to enjoy my life? And how do I do that? And Alana and I connected. Um, actually, we, well, I mean, we're friends. So we connect all the time. But we connected about Camp Joy because I had this Zoom birthday party that like was really fucking awesome. I don't know if I can curse on your podcast. <laughs> it's totally good. It's fine. Great. Yeah. Amazing. It was awesome. We had like breakout rooms and everyone had a good time. And to this day, friends of mine are like, that's the best thing I've done all quarantine. And I sent out this email to all of my like collaborators and I was like, what do we do? Like theater isn't the thing. Like grinding till we die isn't the thing. Like how do, what do we do? And Alana wrote me back and she said, I want to do a virtual summer camp. And I was like, okay, sure. And so within like two weeks, we had started to set the foundation for Camp Joy based on all of these shared principles, right? Like all, like community not and making something that is sustainable and helps people like further their wellness mm-hmm. and and a lot of times well you know i think we think like wellness has been so commodified and wellness is actually for us joy laughter release like having a meeting a group of people you don't know and it being totally not awkward and we knew that our skill set could could build a program, build a curriculum that helps people feel less isolated. And I think we both got so... I mean, it's like now, as you know, like become a, a thing and it's so exciting. But it really just started with a party where people for the first time inside of a crisis had fun and how game-changing that was for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, you know, and I also know that you, from doing it, you're increasing. Like you actually found a way to track um, increased levels of joy from participating in one of your camps or uh, one of your joy injectors. So let's tell everybody first, like the the framework of what Camp Joy is, because I love that not only did you guys stay in your creativity, you know, when you come from creative backgrounds like you both have and the ability to express yourselves. I think people who have had experience in theater and acting and like showing up and other personalities, you know, in order to act or dive into arranging and directing other people to create that experience. It is um, the strongest form of communication in my Mm -hmm. mind in order to translate that information properly. And when you have that capability and experience, and now you found in this lull of energy that so many people have been feeling this year, this weight of 2020, everyone can't wait till the new year comes and, you know, just wants like the breath of fresh air. Like there was this waiting that was happening. Yeah. And, then, and then you guys started to inject joy right now, which is so freaking smart. Like that's why I love the model and I love working with you both. But it's like, how, how do we explain to the listeners like what is this truly like what is the experience of attending camp joy and mm-hmm. um and what are your hopes for it you know what do you hope that it creates for those who um attend and and have the experience with you so the experience of camp joy 
We have two different ways that you can experience Camp Joy. Both of them are virtual. Both of them are on Zoom. Um, We call it the planet of Zoom. We have Joy Sessions, which Joy Sessions are five-day small amounts of time in each day that you get together and get a burst of joy. So for example, we'll meet with your team or a group of people Monday through Friday, 30 minutes each day. And it's a 30-minute pick-me-up, team bonding, group collaborating uh, experience together. And I'll get into... After I talk about the different ways that we run the structure, I'll then give you some examples of what we do together. So there's the sessions. These are five days. These are a little bit longer. They're ways to go a little bit deeper together and also to have a consistent commitment to joy and a consistent commitment to a group of people getting to know each other better and sharing a really valuable, fun experience. Um, So these are the ones... The sessions we see like huge leaps in people's joy levels because they start as anyone does with camp, right? Like you show up and you're a little bit like, oh, like, am I going to be alone here? Like, am I going to be... Is it going to be awkward? Like, do I know these people? And by the final day, you've made lots of friends. You're doing fun things. You're looking at your surroundings and your computer and your Zoom in a different way because it's been shifted towards something that's joyful. So those are our five-day sessions. And then we also have these awesome one-off sessions called Joy Injectors. And, and Kareen helped us figure out that name. She, in a, in a fit of brilliance, as she has, was just like, it's a Joy Injector. And we were like, that's it. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, Joy Injectors are one-off Zoom parties is what we call them. And they take a lot of different formats, but they're 60 to... Well, they're actually 30 to 90 minutes, depending on the curriculum we're running. And they're ways to have celebrations. We did Alana's graduation party last week. Super successful. <laughs> um, we, they're ways to get together right before... Say you have a brainstorm session or like a really big pitch for your company. Um, we have something called Hype Camp, where for 30 minutes, we get together and we just get everybody, their bodies moving, their brains moving. They're like reaching maximum creativity together in the Zoom space, preparing people. So those 90, those, those joy injectors, we have those for companies, corporate, as well as individuals. And, and individuals can sign up for the joy injectors. And we'll talk about this later, but we have our Halloween camp tonight. So we're going to have camps that are for all the seasons, which will be very fun, especially in this time when our rituals have been disrupted in person. So we're going to try and make some space for that online. Um, The thing I'll say about the stuff that we do at camp... So a lot of it comes back to these ideas that you were talking about, Karina, of of, uh, building relationships based off of communication. So um, a big focus of what we do is how do we build trusting relationships via communication that are outside of your normal everyday. So on the first day, we do some icebreakers. And those icebreakers are not going to be about like, tell me what what project you're working on. It's going to be like, tell me your favorite childhood memory. Tell me about if you had to bring any celebrity into this space right now, who would it be and why? If you had to do a celebrity camp, would it be Justin Bieber or Harry Styles? Why? You know, <laughs> things that help make, you know, sort of even the playing field for everybody and bring people joy. And also, you know, culture, pop culture, and infusing that into our lives is also like a secret code we all share, right? So like we have a 90, 90s camp called Saved by the Camp. Mm-hmm. And 
it's this incredible space where people can be like, oh my God, being a kid wasn't that, isn't that such a secret language we all shared about how to use AOL and listening to Britney Spears for the first time <laughs> and like loving 90s grunge. And so we infuse both these trusting conversations, these sort these high energy activities, you know, where we have something called hydration station, because I'm a firm believer and need to practice it more often that um, water, staying hydrated is a very joyful thing. So we'll start playing a piece of music and everyone will have to chug water. You know, things that are both high energy that break up the monotony of a Zoom call and things where we're working to build trusting relationships based off of existing vocabulary that people love in their lives. And every camp is a little different. We build it towards a company. We build it towards a group of people. We build it towards the moment that we're currently in. You know, Halloween camp... Um, I'm obsessed with cults. The Keith Raniere Nexium decision just happened. There oh my will, God, yes. There will be cults <laughs> happening tonight because I must respond right. to this 150 years he got in prison. Um, so, so, you know, we are both responding to the people in the room because it's in real time and also uh, giving off, you know, I, I talk about everything like gift giving and offerings, but Camp Joy, each activity is an offering to either build more trust with yourself or someone else or to sort of dissipate energy, break up the monotony and allow yourself to experience your everyday a little differently. So yeah, yeah. Alana, do you want to... Or Kareen, tag on stuff? No, <laughs> no, I, no. I think that exactly everything that Catherine just said, I, I think that it's really important to point out that I think it was about like a year and a half ago, Catherine gave both of us a title that I had never heard before, but fits us perfectly, which is experience curators. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we, because of our experience in theater, in event planning, as camp counselors, like the two of us have worked so many jobs in our lives because that's how theater works and you always have to be hustling for money that we have this resume that is all over the place that is perfect for Camp Joy because we are experienced curators. These moments of what is Halloween camp going to be like? You know, last night we had a full hour long dress rehearsal with a friend of mine who loves buying scary masks. And we were like, we need a scary moment in Halloween camp where there's like a Jack the Ripper, like in one of the Zoom boxes. So, you know, we're just constantly thinking about like, how do we give people experiences that is going to feel exciting, shock them a little bit? I mean, I'm thankful we have this theater background from both of us because we know how to like make a story or like make something fun. So, so that has been, um, you know, the experience curator feels like it is the title that we both deserve that we've been longing for for many, many years. I do want to just like explain that, or not explain, but just like reiterate that Camp Joy has two different types of camps. So we have the corporate camps, which are all the models of the five-day sessions and the joy injectors that Catherine just talked about. And then, yeah, we have the individual camp, which you can sign up by yourself or with friends. It's a way to just kind of like bring people together in a room. So... Yeah. So what I love about the the model and the offering is that, and the way you've leveraged your experience is that creativity. Uh, when you inject creativity, it actually does um, put you in a more self aware space to create a deeper yeah. connection. And so, yeah, when you're sitting in creativity, which has really been difficult for corporations, especially, and then you know, love that your guys are doing a, a corporate. Um, 
ability for them to bring you in and facilitate a, across a group, a team, um, cross-departmental leadership team, whatever that looks like, to inject creativity through through different ways of thinking, but also exercises that spark that joy in showing up again tomorrow. You know, like what, what yeah. has happened mm-hmm. through this time period and why I feel like your business is so relevant now and for the future is that um, it is so easy to get stuck and bogged down in the doing and the monotony of the hamster wheel that some people have to get caught up in, right? Just to get their job done, that Mm -hmm. there's not enough pause for creativity. And it used to be that people would host these happy hours or try to get their team together for lunch. And and you Mm -hmm. saw a boom, I would say it started... Uh, about 15 years ago where companies started to give more perks of lifestyle into what they were offering as employee benefits like for their team so for example you know in the twitter offices i used to go there and um for some work and i was i could not believe like it was like 24/7 like food service was being offered to them. and But it was yeah. a place because they knew their teams would come and gather and have lunch together and be fed and be nurtured and taken care of. And that's really where there's this gap right now happening where leaders of organizations are trying to figure out how do we create that now virtually? And so it's super smart that you guys are leveraging all your creativity, but I also feel it's so relevant and it's so needed right now because so many people are sitting in their isolation wanting that connection and don't know how to create it. So because I, yeah. I I know you more, Alana, like we have a history together and and I know how you show up in a room and want to connect with others and like you bring joy just through your energy. You're similar to me where it's like the people in the room matter, you're curious, you want to understand mm-hmm. who they are, how they're doing, et cetera. It's really difficult to get that virtually, but it's also a skill set that not everybody has. I think it comes from our heritage and family (laughs) lifestyle of like always being of service and making sure everyone is taken care of. That Mm -hmm. um, injecting that into companies, teams, individuals from a distance and figuring out that connection is just so smart and so needed. And I would love to hear from each of you from, since you've facilitated a few camps now, can you give us one like awesome takeaway or something that one of your campers, you know, walked away with telling you about how it was for them that surprised you? Like how, how's, how's it been for those coming to your camps? Like what, what's the feedback you're getting? Yeah, I'll, I'll respond to that first. Well, I also just want to say that like there were about earlier in October, we were not doing camps because we were working on curriculum. We were working on building the company and all those types of things. And I was in this place where like I was sitting at my desk and I was becoming resentful that like, oh my God, I have to read over these contracts. I have to do this budget. I have to build these things. And I was becoming so like frustrated. And I, but then the next week we had a Camp Joy session and I woke up excited that morning and I was like, oh, this is why we're doing this. It's not because of all the tedious work that I, I have on my to-do list. It's because we get to connect with humans. And I forgot for a moment that like Camp Joy 
is our sessions. It's not the work that I have to do as the CEO. You know what I mean? So it was just like we had these, this session with the, the first company that we worked with. Uh, we did a beta group with them. And I like left the session calling Catherine and I was like, oh my God, I love Camp Joy. Like, I feel so amazing. Like, it's not just for the campers that come, it's also for us. And like, my face hurt because I was smiling so much for 30 minutes. And it was just like joy that bleeds into your day, which leads me into the thing that um, matters the most that I've, I've gotten as a feedback from one of our campers, actually, many of our campers, is that sometimes we do Camp Joy uh, first thing in the morning so that like you wake up and you get to have like a 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Camp Joy session which leads you into the day. Uh, one of my really good friends is a writer and he's been in a huge writer's block since COVID. And I invited him to Camp Joy and he did it. And he said that the the morning of creativity and stimulation and making, you know, you're connecting with people, even if it's on a screen, you're still having conversations. We're leading you in activities, helped his brain start, ignite for the day. And he, since then, he's like, been writing so much and it was just like he said that that first week was it just kick-started him until he's like writing short stories in a novel now and i'm just so proud of him but he said that like camp joy was the beginning motivation for that we're getting a lot of feedback from people that starting their day off with camp joy really helps set a tone for their day and lead them into like a really motivated uh tempo and pace throughout their day that they're smiling instead of just like you know, doing what I did a few weeks ago, which was just like, this is monotonous. I have to do this work. It's more like, oh, I get to go hang out with people later today. That's awesome. Mm. Yeah, I I would throw in there that um, one of the best pieces of feedback I've gotten is that Camp Joy makes joy cool again. And in a way that like, I think, you know, when we when we're adults, we think that some of these group activities, bonding, like it could be cheesy. It could be not like, you know, we're too cool for this. We're too mature for this. And I think the way that Alana and I are approaching it and also the way that we're really, as you said, Kareen, when people are in the room, they matter and we want to get to know them and we want to get to know what they think is funny and ridiculous and smart. And we want to incorporate that into the camp. And so... My goal is to make people feel like joy is the coolest thing they could be doing. Um, like it is the thing that will change how you interact with your life, you know, as Alana was saying, but also like it is something that we should not be afraid of because it's going to make us look like, I don't know, less efficient. Like actually, joy is going to make us way more efficient. Um, yes. So, yeah, I feel like we need to make stickers that say like making joy cool again. Something like that. <laughs> I love that. Well, I'm sure there, there, there's so much collateral you guys can create based on, on this. And it's so needed. So like do it because I'm sure, yeah. you know, people people need it in front of them and the constant reminder. But I love that. I love the takeaways that people are feeling it. And like I said, like when you when you step into creativity, it actually pulls you out of reactive mode. Mm -hmm. So like when you are, and there are studies behind this as a leadership executive coach, like I actually have, you know, tools I use to show where are you sitting in creativity enough to pull you out of reactionary mode so that you can be more effective 
in your day. Yeah. And um, I, I love that you're getting the feedback of, hey, when I started my day this way, I was way more productive throughout my day. And it actually felt lighter. It felt easier. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind the monotonous tasks because I knew that monotony was temporary and the joy could be full time. And, and, yes. and that is, yes. it's just really great. It's just really great to, to see it in action as founders of a business, because I know the entrepreneurial side for you both together in this capacity is new. Mm-hmm. What are some of the lessons learned that you've had so far? Because what, what I know as we've worked together is that you're in the doing and you keep moving forward. But I'm curious, like, what have you learned most about yourself leading this business and also, what are some of the things you are looking to improve upon or make better for yourselves as you build the business? Yeah, I have t- I have two very quick responses to that, or like it's immediate off the top of my head. The first one is that um, there is a world and there is a university called YouTube University, and I have taught myself so many things about running a company from like watching many YouTube videos. You know, when we were filing for LLC and registering, I watched so many different videos, talked to like looked at different tax accountants. And the thing is it's not just letting YouTube University like educate me. It was taking notes and then being able to do more research and more research and more research. It's like I const I felt like I was in school. I feel like I'm constantly in school because I'm just learning so much on a daily basis and knowing that my education as the CEO of this company is like never gonna stop. It's always gonna keep going and keep going. But for those mo- and the second thing I would say is that for those moments that I feel burnt out and tired and like I've hit a wall, I'm just so grateful every day that my partner is Catherine and that we We've had three years of working together already building theater because we already have this shared vocabulary of how we collaborate. But the thing about us too is that we are constantly working on our collaboration and how we are, have our partnership. So it is it is just something that is like continuing to grow. We're trying to figure out, you know, how do we balance our friendship and uh, you know how do we text on our phones but also have a Slack <laughs> line? Like how do we balance those things so that it's not just like because I wake up in the morning and I'm like, Catherine, these are the list of the things we have to do. And she's like, how's your morning going? Did you have your coffee and drink water? And I'm like, oh, right. You're one of my best friends. Like we have to do that at the same time. So just learning how to like work with uh, a partner and lean on each other has been something that that is really encouraging and really exciting for me moving forward. Love that. How about you, Catherine? I I definitely second all the things that um, Alana is saying fully. And I think the big thing for me, coming from a theater background, everything is short game. Everything is like Mm. three months, move quickly, get it done, get it up, get people in the seats, and then it's over. And this is long game. Camp Joy is a long game investment and it's a really different mindset. You know, how do we build a sustainable way of working? You know, like Alana was saying, how do we sustain a friendship and a partnership and mm-hmm. continue to grow and learn? And also how do we make it so that we as the co-founders stay joyful inside of it because if we are not in a space where we can give joy then the 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 thing sort of collapse on itself right like we need mm-hmm. to we're we're learning at least in this moment while it's the two of us really running these sessions that like we have to look after ourselves and 
I think one of the things I associate with theater a lot, and I say this with love, is a sense of desperation. You know, like, oh God, please come, please come. We need you more than anything to come. And we have had a couple of situations where we've walked towards that desperation, that short game, immediate adrenaline rush, make it happen now. And Alana and I have stopped ourselves and gone, oh my gosh, this is actually not how we want to build something. We want to build something in a way that is thoughtful, but is also in a way that is serving us and serving... Because ultimately, if it can serve mm-hmm. us, it can serve our clients. Yeah. And um, so I, I really think it's a mindset around like, I, I refuse to be desperate. I refuse to beg anyone to... you know be a part of Camp Joy. We want people to come, of course, but we also want to build something that feels good. And I think a lot of my history in the theater is like things are built on a very shaky ground and I want to build a strong foundation. And that's a really big mindset shift for me. That's totally. huge. And it's so it's so great that you have that thoughtfulness up front mm. um, as you guys are establishing the foundation of your business. And it, what you just described to me is uh, the value system of your business and your brand, and then also your individual value system on mm-hmm. how you come together as partners. Mm-hmm. And it is critical. I, I, I would say that so many people who are launching their companies don't think that way until something breaks later mm-hmm. and then wonder why, oh, that's because we didn't really establish our values. And now Mm -hmm. we're in this broken situation that we have to recover in a hard way from versus lean into the values we know. And you already just described it, which is so beautiful. And I'm I'm bringing this up because my listeners are used to me talking about value systems. Mm -hmm. It's like what I broke down in my book. And I, and I believe that when you lean into your values at times of feeling strained, the strain goes away because you know what's true to you and you know what's Mm -hmm. true to the system that you're in. Mm. And so it's beautiful that you have that together. And then the fragility of theater (laughs) is something that obviously you see because of that fragility in times like this, like this year is a prime example of when you're built on a fragile foundation, continued continued success becomes harder. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that you're doing this mind shift of, no, wait, we're entrepreneurs. We're launching this business. We need to build a solid foundation that has solid growth plans to it and stability that doesn't have to reflect a fragile system that breaks down completely when under pressure. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's an amazing realization as well, because so many people need to hear that like when they're feeling that this this I could be blown over in a second, then my foundation isn't strong enough. Now let me go look mm-hmm. at my foundation. Mm-hmm. What do I have to make better and grow within and learn more? And like what Alana said, you know what I, what I love and people also don't do enough of is that research before even launching. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the research of knowing and learning from those who have gone before you and taking advantage of all that information out there in order to then figure out what an aligned first step for you is, mm-hmm. is perfect. It's like the perfect approach because you should always approach business as if you're getting, as a student, really. Like we, yeah. it is constantly developing. You know, we, we are masters of none, really. <laughs> <laughs> We're constantly yeah. learning, like, how do we put it forward? How do we put it forward? And how do we test and refine and release again, right? Mm. Um, so... 
I love that about both of your approaches. So this has been an awesome conversation and I love introducing Camp Joy to everyone. Now, those who listen, who are listening and want to participate, how should they find you? Yeah, uh, you can hit up our website, which is www.campjoylovesyou.com. And uh, our Instagram handle is campjoylovesyou as well. And we're on LinkedIn and all those social medias. But uh, the great thing about Camp Joy is that we are in such a you know young stage that uh, one of my best friends hit me up the other day and she said, I had so much fun at your graduation party. Would you throw my dad a retirement party? And I was like, yep. So we're in this place right now where Catherine and I are just like so excited about the creativity of creating formulas and structures that whether it's a graduation party, a birthday party, a retirement party, an anniversary, we can go in and be like, this is the formula. This is the structure. These are just the variables that need to change throughout the way. So it's kind of incredible that, you know, Camp Joy can uh, mold to whatever someone's needs are. uh, And that's, that's, really exciting. I love that. And I think you'll, you'll have a lot of lessons learned with the, the way you are open to creating custom events and custom mm-hmm. experiences for people yeah. um, to really know like what is a staple that should be offered always. I think when you in, are in startup mode and you're kind of validating the market that is interested in leveraging your services, you're going to learn a lot, you know, with that customization at, at times, and then also what should become a staple. And I think that has developed a lot of companies' um, revenue streams in the past. Uh, that that it's a great approach to have for the first six, twelve months of your business uh, before you figure out, like, okay, these are our these are our direct lines, and this is how we scale, and this is so the startup stage is just so awesome in that way. And I think that's awesome. So if for those of you listening who want to connect with Alana and Catherine and design an event or join one of their camps or, or bring in a, an injector, a joy injector into your environment, it's campjoylovesyou.com and at campjoylovesyou on Instagram. And of course, as you listen to this episode, and have any questions or takeaways or just feel joyful from listening to the conversation, (laughs) post a picture of the episode and tag us in it because we love to know you're listening and what you got out of the conversation. So ladies, before we end today's call, today's conversation, and I first want to thank you for being with me today, but I also, in my method of thanking you, is to give you an opportunity to ask a question that you might need some coaching support on at this time in your business? Yeah, I think, you know, something that having, as you said, a history with you in my life for so many years and some, and a reason why Catherine and I wanted to work with you is because every time I have a conversation with you, whether it be about a social encounter or theater or this new business plan and everything, I feel that I walk away uh, knowing that I need to invest further in my personal worth. And something that's really difficult for Catherine and I is that we are coming from a field of theater where we are not valued as as you know, 30-somethings in the field. We do not have huge bank accounts. We are not like in in you know 
invincible or anything like that. So I'm just curious, what are ways in which you think that we can, as on a personal level and also strategically, like on a Camp Joy level, come together and and figure out how to measure our worth or like make a measuring or a metric or like a value system for personal worth? Sure. When it comes to, first of all, as founders of your business, you you are the creator and designer of the business initially. And then eventually you think about what would it be if I just own this business in order to um, generate income, revenue, et cetera, from it, how can I own it? So there's different Mm. language, I think, from a money mindset standpoint. This this is the question I'm hearing around how how do I evaluate my worth in my business or what I'm creating? And when you come from a history of being undervalued because the system of theater and acting and unless you're like a pop star, right? And you have some agent that's booking you multi-million dollar contracts, which is a really small percentage of true entertainment and what the the um, fees are that are paid to people with that skill set. It's, a, in my mind, a broken system when it comes mm. to being paid what you're worth. So what's really awesome about building and launching your company is that you get to determine the worth and value system, not only for yourselves as owners and leaders of the business, but also for anyone that eventually joins your team as you expand to more. And you're going to have to learn what does that look like? Like what's the competitive advantage in the world based on where we are going to be as a level of earnings in our company to compensate ourselves. Mm, yeah. And what I would I would bring it though back to each of you as an individual, it's it's almost like, well, what do you what do you need to earn in order to feel as though this business is a success? And because you might not have had languages around your earning potential because of the industry you were in, then that, this is the next wave of education you guys are going to have to put yourself in. Mm. So when we were on our last call together and I shared with you like how I value my time and my business and how it helps me prioritize the decisions I make on where I spend my time and who who I say yes to, like what projects I say yes to and what, where does that come in my prioritization order. I have to do evaluation on, okay, how much is my time worth to my company? So... In general, annually, my business and all my different revenue streams, I'm basically at that 1.2 million, 1.5 million in earnings um, is my target each year of revenue that I want to bring into my business. That is not my personal income annually. So don't <laughs> everybody get up in the history. I'm not like it like that. <laughs> I'll tell you though, if I wanted to earn that annually, I definitely could. I choose. To, um, I definitely could because I don't believe in any limits on my earnings. That's, that is where my money mindset is. Mm-hmm. However, my choice on where I want to spend my time, how I want to spend my time, and the construct of my business. So let me, I'll give you the model that I work within. So I have a target of earning. Uh, my goal each year is to try to earn a little bit more in my company so that I can expand my impact. Like that's my model because I know that if I think past myself and only my income and I think about revenue for my business to provide more jobs for my team, but also more impact with my clients, 
then I'm uh, thinking more expansively on the potential revenue draw into my business. So with that 1.5 million, let's say that's the target, then for me, I need to decide, well, what does my income need to be for me to have the lifestyle I want, the time freedom that I enjoy, and also continue to invest in myself each year to up-level into the next version of myself. Like Those Mm -hmm. are the factors when I think about the amount of um, income that I need to sustain my life in the way that I choose to design it. So I would say that range is somewhere between uh, probably like 350 to 450,000 a year. I can leverage for investing back into myself, my lifestyle, um, my home, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. Like if if I choose to. The rest of the revenue goes into investing in my team, making sure they're getting paid, and the marketing, the the um, growth of the business, whatever channels mm-hmm. that 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 is. So for me, let's say my income um, is at that level. However, I'm not just selling my time for money. And when you have a service based business, you're pretty much selling your time for money until you actually create programs that can sell themselves or have team mm-hmm. members that you're selling their time for money. So one of the things we talked about for Camp Joy, for example, is that eventually you're going to have so much demand, you're going to have to build and train counselors, Joy counselors, Mm -hmm. Joy Camp counselors to come in and facilitate for you because you're going to reach capacity based on all the demand. And when you do that, you're now selling other people's time for revenue that then feeds your pockets for, for income as well as building out what you need to do next for your business. So when you kind of know those numbers, then you also say, well, what's the cost to my business when I say yes to certain things that are not initial revenue drivers, mm-hmm. right? So this is, I know, a whole new language and we can dive into it also separately in a, in a session. But I, I want to give you some of the language because if I'm at a 1.5 million earnings from my company and I'm the lead salesperson to hit that for my company, regardless if it's income for me or not, I am a cost to the business when I'm not doing income driving activities. It's why I'm actually sitting on more of a, probably like a $3 million business. It was because I'm still in the doing at times where I'm trading my time for money Mm. versus just selling and focusing on the sales and the growth of the business and having a team execute against that, that is less expensive to my business than I am. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally. So when you're defining your worth, it's really about what are your goals? What do you want to target and hit? And then you, you manage your revenue streams against those targets. And then as entrepreneurs, you have to pay yourselves. You have to know that your effort has a return. <laughs> and I know that now at this point, because you're just starting out, you're, you're still in the earning mode. So it's hard to feel like you could pay yourself. And even if you get investment to continue to build and expand it, you still need to come up with numbers to pay yourself because you need to get into the habit of earning for your output mm, yeah. in order to keep going and growing. Even if it's a fourth of what you initially want to earn. But knowing those numbers matter because it's going to help you prioritize the decisions you make. It's also going to help you 
realize who you need to hire in order to allow you to build the company to that. Mm -hmm. But then also just standing in your worth, you know, like you are, you are both worth whatever you choose you want to make. And if you need permission to step into that worth, I'm giving it to you right now. <laughs> yeah. Because, you, because only you can determine your worth. And the, the problem yeah. is you were in a, a system that determined your worth for you, which mm -hmm. is why it's difficult to think in this way. But now that you're owners of your own business, you're owners of your own revenue stream, you are, you are allowed to decide what your worth is right now based on what you are building and the return that you're going to get from building it. And only you can determine that together. Like it, it is not about anybody else to tell you what you're worth. That's when you're an employee. You guys are owners of your own business. When you're an employee in someone else's business, they are determining your worth. When you're an entrepreneur running your own business, you are the one setting the tone for your worth. And sky's the limit in that regard. Yeah. Mm. I'm, yeah. I'm so I, yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. I just get so Kareen, when you, when you talk about our worth, it gets us, get me, gets me so excited. Cause it also just, like you're saying, we have not, the system it was broken and I feel like we're restructuring our minds and our hearts and our ability to be limitless. And that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. You get to design it. I love that. And if that's what yeah. you walk away with from, from today's talk, that, that brings me joy <laughs> because I know it was the hardest one of the... I fortunately learned it very young because I hit limits really young. And I knew I had a stronger self-worth uh, self um, within me that no system was going to stop me from the earnings that I deserve. And I was very fortunate. So I love that you guys are asking the question to build a deeper connection with your self-worth because you'll now then show anybody you work with, like how you show up in the world is reflected in everyone you surround yourself with mm. too. Yeah. And they they need that lesson also. So I'm happy to be able to have these discussions with you. And I know listeners listening to this needed to hear this today. So it was like amazing <laughs> to ask the question because we are always stuck in a system where we're just groomed, unfortunately, from a young age to believe in the limitations other people put upon us until we choose to challenge them. Yeah. And this, you're now at the stage where you get to define your worth within your own business, which is so freaking powerful. So embrace it. You're worth yeah. it. Yeah. 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 It's just so, it's, it's so valuable to both of us to have a female like advisor yes. telling us these things. Like, it's, we just love you so much. <laughs> I love you both too. And thank you so much for being on the show today. You guys are both awesome. And to my listeners, you know, I'm always walking alongside you. So as you have questions or takeaways from today, however we can support you, we are here. We'll see you in the next episode. Wasn't that such a great episode? I know you got amazing takeaways from that. What I would love for you to do for me, if you can help me extend my reach, is go ahead and subscribe to the show so you get the latest notification and listen before anyone else. Also, if you could go ahead and post your review, your five-star review will help me get other people interested in this conversation 
and extend my reach of impact. Most of all, I would love for you to share this with your community. It means so much to me to have you as a listener and I would love to connect with you. So if you have any questions you would like me to answer on this show, go ahead and email hello at kareenwalsh.com and my team will make sure that I get your questions so we can get them answered on the show for you. Thank you so much for listening today and I'll see you on the next episode. 